Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Runway. Berto Willis, host. Thank you so kindly for being here with us today. We have a great show for you today. I don't know if it's normal to say Happy Memorial Day, but I guess I could say Welcome to Memorial Day. Welcome to Memorial Day. And in the honor of Memorial Day, before we get started with anything else, I just want to give an ode to a friend of mine, a soldier, who played a part in Iraq. So let's go ahead and play that, and then I'll get to the messages right after that. So let's get busy. Welcome to one more edition of Politics and Right. Today is Memorial Day. I'm here with Roberto Lewis, one of my good friends, one of our great supporters of Politics Done Right. We grew up together, we played music together, we traveled together. And what I want to ask Roberto is his thoughts on the soldiers. Well, first and for all, I just want to tell all the soldiers across country, around the world, and give them my respect and my salute. Because sacrifice is not free, as we indicated a long time ago. The thing about a soldier when he served the country, he expect that the country will take care of them, not only for themselves, but the family. Because what we serve for, we serve to protect the country. So when we go in front lines and, and to come back home and know that the country is not standing for each soldier, for each family, it, it can become a, a growth problem. We would like to see that the country do more for the soldiers out here. Roberto, uh, you served in Iraq for how long? For one year. And uh, if I recall correctly, because I remember you calling me a, f a few times after you guys actually got bombed. Do you remember that? That's correct. Where we was at in Taji, Iraq, where we got um, mortars in our compound. Where the helipad is at, our helipad was um, destroyed by, by mortars that was coming uh, across the fence from the Iraqis. And it, it, it's interesting that we know that all of you guys have gone through all this stuff for the country, and yet we have those. I mean, you've served with born Americans. You've served with immigrants. You've served with people with green cards. You've served with all kinds of people. But how does it make it feel that you've done all of that, and now we, are, we have a country or a sect in this country that uh, think you are less than? Well... I only can speak for soldiers that been in front lines, soldiers that serve, uh, whether that you put on that uniform, whether it was Vietnam, whether it was uh, any uh, World War War uh, one or two that you fought for the country. The fact of the matter is, is that every soldier, every breath of every soldier shall get the respect when they come home. That means that the country that you serve uh, should be taking care of yourself and, and your family. Uh, why it is that when a soldier come home, he has so much problem to regain back his life to deal with society and the country? Why are they being the ones that to be forgetting? We have a lot of soldiers that that, that got damaged from multiple of service that they went over and uh, fought for. These guys need help. These guys need assistance in trying to get their life back together. 
So when you see a soldier out there, um, it might as seem like they have it all together. Uh, most of them, they're just going through the system that I call, the system that is broken, the system that is not taking the time to, to fix the problem. And so uh, these soldiers didn't need help. Well, let me tell you, Roberto, one of the reasons I wanted to have a soldier on, a soldier who went to serve us all. I, I, I must admit, I didn't serve in any military, but that is one of the reasons I really believe in fighting for ensuring that all of you are not only compensated, not only rewarded, but respected for the work that you've done for the country and not allow so many of these people who disregard those, whether you're born American or, or otherwise, disregard what you have done for the country. We are all Americans, we all serve the country, and we are all making it a better country. No one has anything over the other. The way that America is all built is really built from foreign immigrants. So we have a whole lot of immigrants that had uh, went into the service to make this military as great as it is. Uh, that's why the United States military is one of the strongest forces out in most countries, because you have immigrants from all different parts of the world have joined this force. So what builds America? All nation nationalities that came to this country to make it be of a better country. I want to really thank my, my brother here that, that uh, is uh, Egberto Willis with Politics Done Right. What I like about Politics Done Right, they always get the message uh, throughout. And Politics Done Right is not a show for a, uh, one individual. This is a people station. This is about people coming together, showing their differences, emerging and empowering people with knowledge to know what's going on about life, about the system of the countries and where you live at and all of the uh, governmental status that you're dealing with. He's not only of a great mentor, uh, but he's also of a great family, great friend. When I did went to Iraq and when I came back, as a matter of fact, when I did went to Iraq, he was the first one, he and his wife, Linda and Ashley, came out there and they gave me a send-off when I went in arms way that I didn't know if I was going to come back alive or not. And so I just want to thank you personally uh, for you and your family that stood there. And also when I came back to country, uh, they was there to receive me. Every soldier needs some type of a support, whether it's a friend, family, stranger, whatever. A soldier take those welcome packets and they believe in it. So uh, if you have a soldier right there in front lines or any part of the world that they're doing uh, their work as a soldier, uh, give them that support because every soldier needs that. Thank you very much for your service. I, I from the depths of my heart, appreciate every soldier out there who's made what we have here in the United States possible. That was my good friend, Roberto Lewis. I couldn't think of anybody else to start the show with, uh, to, start, to, to start our show on Memorial Day. Anyhow, let me go ahead to the, 
Michael Rudnan says, Obama called Trump a corrupt MF, a racist, sexist pig, and a lunatic. A new book reported. I saw that. I saw that. Who would believe that is from El Senor Obama? Michael Rudnan also says, a $753 billion defense budget is a failure. Biden Pentagon requests rebuked. Our military budget has long since been over half of our discretionary spending. That has to change as we shift towards a greener future. Budgets are moral documents. Eric Fain, uh, win without war, senior Washington director, said in a statement, spending $753 billion on weapons and war while our communities starve, while the climate crisis worsens, while a pandemic that has killed millions and affected countless more rages on is a national shame. We call on Congress to reject this budget and the logic of ever-expanding Pentagon funding that produced it. It's time to get our priorities straight and finally prioritize. Look, all of that is nice. All of that sounds great. Here's the reality. We won't get that done until we elect progressives in Congress, Senate, not only nationally, but on the local level. Because right now, the defense industrial complex that El Senor Eisenhower over 50 years ago spoke about, the defense industrial complex taking over our entire country, that is what has happened. That statement is absolutely right. Unfortunately, talking about it and talking about it won't do anything about it. We have to start from the beginning. How do we start? By electing progressives. We spend... As Americans, more than the 10 countries below us on national defense. In other words, the amount we spend for arms, for military, is, is greater than all. The, if you add up the 10 people that come below us, our budget is greater than them all. It makes absolutely no sense. But we will never change it by screaming about it. We will only change it. By changing minds underneath and letting them understand that most of these things are built to throw away. They say it's a deterrent. No, if it were a deterrent, people know we can build. We don't, I mean, look. The truth of the matter is the Defense Department uh, budget is welfare for the wealthy. Always remember that. The Defense Department's uh, uh, budget is welfare for the wealthy. It is welfare for the wealthy, and don't forget that. Understand that. Vote on Texas bill to make voting tougher blocked by no quorum. Yes, it's short-lived. We'll have a special session to mitigate that. Uh, we need to start looking at the, the courts. If the courts fail us, we'll have to go and do something else. But there's something that Obama said years ago that really makes sense. If we want to win, we can't let... These methods work. We can mitigate these methods because, remember, there is an avenue to vote. They just make it more difficult. So we have to start today going into those communities where they are most making this difficult and starting to not only uh, register them, but get them in the habit of voting in these smaller elections and getting it done. We can beat this. Even with this restrictive stuff, we can beat them, then go in there and remove the restrictive stuff out of there. Okay, Michael Rodden, Representative Hakeem Jeffries says, the Republicans want to make it harder to vote and easier to steal an election. That's true, we know that. Republicans don't have a single policy position with supermajority polling support. After January 6th, the popularity tanked to the point that several states are likely to swing blue with the next election cycle, assuming 
we do our job to ensure that the suppressive measures don't work. That is, my dear friends. So let's remember that. I'm not reading the whole of that because you get the gist of that particular uh, combination. The climate is moving to a greater and greater extremes. Acting now can reduce risks. We know that. We are running out of time to properly address climate change with only a decade to go until global warming is out of humanity's control. We need a massive infrastructure investment program to migrate our baseload energy grid from fossil to 100% renewables. The physical risk of climate change are not just looming in the future. They're already here. That's why we have a channel up top that's already molten. Anyhow, uh, you can continue reading that in the field. A rogue killer drone hunted down a human target without being instructed to, UN Secretary says. Skynet awakens. This should be a big story. I hadn't read that one. I got to check that one out when I get some time. Mass grave with uh, remains of 215 children found at Indigenous School in Canada. An unthinkable loss. Having a WTF moment, the former... Camp Loops Indian Residential School on Thursday, May 27, in Camp Loops, British Columbia, Canada. The remains of 215 children have been found. Wow, I didn't hear that story, which was closed in 78. Uh, Black Wall Street was shattered 100 years ago, and I have a piece on that, so I won't read that. You guys are going to like the piece. I am at Friends today. I'm glad that you're bringing your friend along. Eric Hayes says, Happy Memorial Day, and remember those that had the ultimate sacrifice of protecting our freedoms. Absolutely so. Uh, continuing, they are the heroes, according to Eric Hayes. Uh, thank you, Roberto, from Eric Hayes. Oh, so sweet. Bridge MCP likes our story. She agrees with Eric. The duck that quacks is here. I agree with the big O, 100%. Again, my dear brother. Uh, let's see. Bridge MCP, love that duck. Donald L. Brown, welcome aboard. Finally talking about the Parasite Democrats. I am talking about those people who are not doing things right. Bungalow cameras, welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, well, could not stop butting in everyone's business unless necessary. Uh, let's see what else we got. Policy will win or lose in 2022. We'll see. We'll see. We will see. Let me see if I forgot to t uh, bring every anybody in. Deborah John, welcome aboard from LA as well. Martha Benton, welcome aboard. Salute to you as well, my dear Benton. Uh, who else, anybody that I missed, if I missed you, forgive me, but you know, I will be back. Anyhow, the first uh, video I want to show, uh, well, let me just go ahead and play it. I think uh, that'll do it for you and we'll take it on the other side. Here's the truth. Most Americans, most people are good people. If you ever wonder why we get all these types of uh, false discussions, false debates, like whether we should teach critical race theory, etc., 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 it's all about keeping the population uninformed, keeping the population ignorant. If people are inherently good, they also inherently want to make things right. No one's perfect. We're not, nobody is perfect. No culture is perfect. Nothing is perfect. Good people always want to atone and make things right. Uh, Tiffany Cross, on the Cross Connection, she had a special today. She's on Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where that entire community, a vibrant, very well-educated, very vibrant part of Tulsa, Oklahoma, black part of Tulsa, Oklahoma, that was striving, was not only massacred, 
uh, hundreds were not only killed, but airplanes dropped bombs to destroy this 30-something block area that was striving. In this one segment, I think Tiffany Cross and her and the panel, including the mayor, did a great job in pointing out just how things are and making the case for reparation, making the economic and moral case. Take a listen to this. With you specifically, the Bynum family, as I'm sure you know, um, enslaved nearly a thousand people. Um, And you inherited that wealth from the family, where the African-Americans here in the community had their wealth taken from them. So when you say no cash payouts, I think people look at it and say, well, wow, you inherited wealth, you inherited your position in life because of uh, enslaving people who look like me. How do you reconcile saying, yeah, but that was then, and we don't owe you anything for that now? Because you're asking me about reparations for an event that was a criminal act 100 years ago. Right, but something that your family benefited from, the system of enslavement, of systemic racism. So can you imagine how the descendants of the enslaved look at your position in life compared to their own and hear you say, well, no, cash payouts comfortable. I assume you mean the white people of Tulsa. And people. What we found is that at the end of the 1860 uh, slave schedule, Mayor G.T. Bynum's family, his the descendants of of the first Bynums that came to Jamestown in 1616, they had a total of 931 enslaved people. As a descendant, my family only had 56 years to build our wealth from 1865 to 1921. His family had from 1666, when we have confirmed, uh, you know, slave involvement in his family, all the way to 1865. Other thing that's important to note is the history of mayors in his family as well. So let's also be clear that there is an economic and a political connection to the continued oppression and the privilege um, for white folks, right? So as we sit in the heart of Greenwood right now, we're sitting in an area where black people don't own any of the building. In, in, right. in 1921, we owned this entire area. We don't own anything here now. That's something that he could resolve through policy. That's something that must be resolved through policy. And it needs to happen at the local level, at the state level, at the federal level. They're not even willing to do that. They set up a commission here that raised $30 million, and they can't find a penny of that to go to the survivors or to even ensure economic development that benefits black people. I mean, the problem here is, is a fundamental moral one. Mm-hmm. The people are seeking absolution from history. And when you seek absolution from the worst atrocities of history, and we know this well, what you do is facilitate the replication of those atrocities in the present. So it's not coincidental that we're having this conversation about Tulsa and having this conversation about January 6th, or we could say this conversation about Charlottesville, or this conversation about Charleston, or this conversation about El Paso, or this conversation about Pittsburgh. That the vector of hatred moves through history and is transmitted by denial. And so when we're talking about this, it's presumed that we're coming from a critical place. We're coming from a place of salvation Mm -hmm. in the effort to make sure that we don't see these actions repeated ad infinitum. Professor Cobb ends it on the moral issue. And I think it is so important. And where he talks about not telling history is the vector that hate 
uses to keep on going. It is so true. And the fear of many on the right is that as we teach these different realities of who we, who we were, that we start to erode the fallacies that we believe for too long that did not only hurt people of color, did not only sap the wealth of people of color, but that a few families, a few powerful families took advantage not only of people of color, specifically black people and others, but in doing so, used the average white person as a tool, simply giving them nothing, giving them no parts of the share of wealth either, in as much as it was much more than that afforded that of the people of color, but using that strangulation of wealth of the many by allowing them that false belief that at least I am not them. The fear today is that everyone except the powerful who wants to control the history, the message, and the economy, everyone else, they are fearful, will realize that they are the them. That is so important. They are the them. You see that? Believe it or not, so far our structure, our social structure is maintained. People don't understand the importance that racism has in ensuring that our economic structure and our social structure is maintained. It's very important. It's an important thing to keep us at each other's throats for that. I like what Bridge MCP has to say. It wasn't, wasn't just Tulsa. An entire Manhattan village owned by black people was destroyed and to build Central Park. I mean, these stories, uh, as, as uh, Professor Cobb said, you can find over a hundred of these stories over the years that have occurred over and over again. But, you know, we don't want people to learn this because it makes other people feel bad. So we don't want our history told because um, if we teach uh, what, what, they like, what folks like to call critical race theory, which... It's not what they're really teaching. They're just teaching history. They're just teaching American history. And American history wasn't too kind to a whole lot of people. But if we teach that, we somehow hurt some people. Well, I mean, you just have to suck it up. If, if folks have done bad things, I mean, <laughs> for somebody like me who says, yeah, race is just nothing more than a social st structure, a social construct, I don't care what you look like as far as it's concerned. When we take a look at our history, as long as you are, as a human being in 2021, ensuring equal access to success, ex ensuring equity, I, I mean, there's nothing for you to feel sorry about if you are working for policies that support us all, that ensures equity for us all. Learning the history of what people have done, whether it's your ancestors or not, is important to ensure we don't repeat it again. But not only that, to understand why it occurred in the first place. Like I said, and this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I want you guys to digest this statement. To maintain our economic system, racism and other isms, are essential. 
we have to create a bunch of others. Think about it. I really, really want you guys to think about that because it is counterintuitive and people are like, what? Right. Our economic system is built on that. Uh, Michael Ren says, I support reparation. I usually ask who's eligible and how much. Now, after the 100-year anniversary of the worst incident of racial violence, it should be prominent topic worth discussing. Of course. But they don't want you to know these issues because, you know, um, what, what she did, uh, what Tiffany Cross did with the mayor, the mayor is from a family who owned about 1,000 slaves. So that means that the descendants of those slaves had no wealth because they were property of the mayor's ancestors. The mayor's wealth is directly related to the free labor provided both by those ancestors that are still living throughout the country but are without any assets. The question is, you know, he wants to say, ah, that happened a long time ago and we didn't partake about that. Well, look, the truth is it's not that you didn't partake about that. The thing about it is that you, you, def you definitely profited from that. Now, the humane thing is not to say, well, you weren't the instigator of it. If in, in as much as you benefited from it, you weren't the instigator. The least you could do as a mayor is not to say I'm going to give away my wealth, which is the which would be the which would have been the right thing to do if we just look at it in absolutes, because your wealth is based on stolen labor from somebody else, just like capitalism is the, the people in capitalism at the top who make the most, that most that they're making is the, the stolen labor, labor from all of us. I want, you know, we don't, we don't sit down and really think these things through. But when you sit down and really think it through, you start to say, oh my God, I didn't realize we were antiseptic slaves. Because when Bill Gates make, uh, and I use Bill Gates because if I use the, 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 um, the Koch brothers, my conservative listeners are going to say, oh, why are you, look, you look just looking at the conservatives? There are billionaires that are liberals too. Okay, yeah, so we look at Bill Gates. Bill Gates didn't earn that money. Bill Gates earned that money based on what somebody else made for him. And it's always that way. And that's, that's the, that, is the, that is what's so bad about our economic system. It is designed to allow others to take advantage of others. It's that simple. You know, um, it's hard to accept that when that is all that you have been given. When it's all that you know. One of the questions is, so what, where do we go from here? Well, in a book that I wrote called How to Make America Utopia, we kind of talk about a lot of things that can mitigate the aberrations of our economic system, right? And there are a lot of things you can do. You don't have to revamp the, operate, the economic system completely. You just have to start taking a whole lot of stuff out of the private sector and throwing it into the common sector, the public sector. And then you make the, the private sector more competitive. And, and wherever, whenever we have the aberration of where the economic system starts to rob the, rob the, 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 the labor and otherwise of other people, you take it back into the system through taxes and you throw it back out through making better parks, making better energy, all this kind of stuff. There are a lot of ways to mitigate the evils of the current economic system. But anyhow, it's time for me to say, folks, please, if you are on YouTube right now, please go ahead and click that join button. Consider becoming a member of our PDR Posse. 
uh, Bridge MCP uh, designed a, cup, uh, a, a mug for us as well. You can get that mug at the link that I've just or I'm about to place into the field, into the chat. Likewise, if you don't see a join button on YouTube or if you are not on YouTube, you can become a member of the Politics Done Right Posse by going to politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Alternatively, you can support us on Patreon. Look, we need a 1,000 Patreon members and a 1,000 Politics Done Right uh, uh, PDR Posse members. So please consider also going ahead and go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, politicsandright.com slash patron. And of course, there's always good old PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. Look, if those books that you see, oh, I didn't put my cups on the screen. How could I have missed doing that? Bridge MCP. There we go. Uh, there, there is some uh, friends of ours, Bridge MCP. There is a cup that Bridge designed. Uh, please, as well, folks, consider getting this at our store or either the, the, the store as well is on YouTube or you can get it to our store directly at politicsandright.com slash store. Now, the books that you see rotating on the screen, how it's worth it, how to talk to your right-wing relatives, friends, and neighbors. Remember, if we are going to create utopia, we have to be able to talk to our friends and neighbors. So we tell you how to talk to your friends and neighbors. How to create utopia is going to do that now, but before all of that, you really need to know, as I see it, class warfare, the only resort to right-wing doom, why that is necessary. And we're not talking warfare with guns and battles. We're talking about class warfare, where we have to take back our class. Anyhow, you can get all our books at politicsdoneright.com slash books. Politicsdoneright.com slash books. Please consider getting at least one, but get all three. It's really good reading, and we are going to discuss it at politicsandright.com slash Posse when I get that complete. I'm working on that right now. It's only me, so there's a whole lot of work, so bear with me as I get all these things done. Anyhow, let's continue with the program. The journalist Ali Velshi goes where most won't. The unadulterated truth without sugarcoating, he appropriately torch insurrectionists supporting... Republicans. Here we go. Oh, well, I really meant that. Here we go. If America was an informed population, January 6th would have never occurred. If America had the type of journalism that spoke, that told things the way they are, we would have never had a January 6th because we would have never had people supporting parties that actually do harm to the people they represent. They would not have allowed a party to give folks the types of information that riled them up on false pretenses. That's why it was so refreshing watching a journalist, a host on TV, come out without fear and describe exactly perfectly the party that is currently the insurrectionist party in the United States, the party that is effecting harm on the country, a party that is putting our democracy in danger. Check this out, then we'll take it on the other side. 
It's Sunday, May 30th. I'm Ali Velshi. We begin this hour with the anti-American descent of the Republican Party from what was once the proud party of Abraham Lincoln and Ronald Reagan to being fully in the throes of Donald Trump and his big election lie. Terrified of the political ramifications the truth may expose, these 35 Senate Republicans, or to quote former RNC Chairman Michael Steele, these 35 pathetic cowards continue to put party ahead of country and voted to block the creation of an independent January 6th commission modeled on the famed 9-11 Commission, which would investigate the insurrection and the attack on the United States Capitol. They continue to play politics, openly admitting that they view the commission as politically damaging to their party and an obstacle to Republican goals in the 2022 midterms, even though the real point of the commission is to find out the truth about what happened on January 6th and to investigate, identify, and combat one of the biggest threats there is against American democracy, grievance based violence and domestic terror, the stuff that fueled that attack. And there remains a dire need to actually know the truth about that. A new Yahoo YouGov poll shows that 23% of Republicans blame Donald Trump for the events of January 6th. More than half, 52% saying he's not at all to blame, and a whopping 73% of Republicans pin some or a great deal of responsibility on left-wing protesters trying to make Trump look bad. Left-wing protesters trying to make Trump look bad. Let that sink in. Remember that the January 6th attack on the Capitol, what you're seeing on your screens, was undertaken by pro-Trump loyalists and pro-Trump domestic extremist groups. There is exactly zero evidence of any left-wing protesters taking part in the January 6th attack on the Capitol in any way whatsoever. Tell your friends that who tell you that there were left-wingers and BLM and Antifa involved. There were none. In fact, lawyers for at least three defendants charged in connection with the violent siege tell the Associated Press they will blame election misinformation and conspiracy theories, much of it pushed by, I hope you're sitting down for this shocker, former President Trump himself for misleading their clients. One of those clients tells the AP of Trump, quote, I kind of sound like an idiot now for saying it, but my faith was in him, end quote. Yes, you kind of sound like an idiot. Meanwhile, the arrests continue, including a Connecticut man who was seen inside the Capitol wearing a helmet with the word Rodbusters on it, which turns out to be the company this individual owns with his wife. So think about that the next time you need to get a Rodbuster. And a California man is accused of assaulting officers and using a chemical spray. He was heard at the Capitol yelling uh, at Capitol Police, quote, you're protecting communists and there's a Second Amendment behind us. What are you going to do then? And that, in essence, remains the question. Now that the GOP has prevented an independent accounting of the truth from January 6th from coming to light, how can the country learn from history and prevent another January 6th from happening? And that is the question. And we answer that question. If the Republicans won't do it, Democrats must stand up and have their own commission to let America understand exactly what occurred on January 6th, but it starts by being informed and having an expose like you saw from Ali Velshi, who had the guts to put that on national TV. That is how we start getting the message across, not allowing the fallacies to fester. Great job, Ali Velshi. Yeah, absolutely. So anyhow, uh, Michael, what happens is you need 60 votes 
to move it forward. Not 40 votes to move it forward. Not 40 votes to block it, but 60 votes to move it forward. One of the modifications, they talk about the filibusters force the 40 votes to block it, but I say that's ridiculous. What we need to do is just get rid of the filibuster all together. With respect to Eric Hayes, not all believe in extreme things, so be careful how you categorize. None of us believe that all Republicans, all conservatives believe in the crap. However, you are complicit. L- l- let, me, let me just be frank. Love all my conservatives. I really, genuinely do. But you were complicit in what is, if, if, if we don't succeed as progressives going forward, to prevent us from falling into autocracy, into fascism, you would have been complicit in what all these governments, in these state governments are doing to try to restrict the vote. There has been no voter, no voter uh, fraud. And what they're doing is making it very difficult for people that are already have a problem voting, whether they have to go to work and all these other reasons. They're making it very difficult for the people who usually vote for Democrats because of their socioeconomic condition. They're making sure that those people have a harder time voting. That is evil. That is undemocratic. That needs to be illegal. And if you voted for Trump or any Republican in the last election, still love you. You're still my buddies. You're still my friends. But you are complicit in what will occur if the fight that we progressives are are, are waging right now does not come to fruition. So that I'm not categorizing you. I'm just saying you made a mistake. You made a serious mistake. A potentially democratically existential mistake. Um, okay, let's continue. Uh, Michael Rodney, and you see the right-wing bubble, big lies here. Let's see. Tom C. says, echo and QAnon. Michael Flynn suggests aren't Myanmar-style coup. Should happen in the USA. Matt Gates also promotes Second Amendment solution to disarmament with uh, government and tech companies. Treason. These guys are, in fact, not only insurrectionists. These guys are treasonous. These guys are unpatriotic. These guys are, uh, what, what's the word for the people who commit treason? You know what I'm talking about. Traitors. All right. Yes, Trump incited insurrection from Michael Rodden. John Cutter says, they don't care if there is another 1-6. They don't. You're absolutely right. They don't. Diane Boehm says, the system is broken. Michael Rodden has did. Many Republicans who are all serving in office. And let's see, Egberto, um, uh, that feels backward. A commission was, would expose those Republicans who incited. Egberto, that feels backward. Um, you got to tell me what feels backward because we're a little bit behind here. BGMCP says they are afraid of it exposing themselves and pandering to the big lie to get elected. Yes, you're right. Deb Denny says 11 Republicans didn't show up for the 116 commission. Oh, yeah, they were scared. They didn't want to be on record. Michael Rodney says filibuster is crap, but it should be on the opposition to get 40 against the majority. I agree. E2247, Biden and Pelosi, both are selling us out to the autocratic system. Uh, Barr and so many others have screwed us for decades and still get away with it. That is so true. Now, we, uh, we hope that Manchin and, and, uh, and Cinema wake up. Michael Rodney, Michael Flynn, I'm going to share about that in two hours. Absolutely so. Anyhow, folks, I want to let you guys know that um, I have moved our, um, our, pl- our blog, not our blog, our podcast. 
You know we do video and podcasts as well. I moved our podcast to Anchor.fm. So um, check it out. Uh, subscribe if you will. Uh, I, it's now at anchor.fm.politicsdoneright. Anchor.fm slash politicsdoneright. Why did I go there? Well, because they are offering a lot of features and integration, better integration with Spotify. So you guys can pick us up at Spotify perfectly, no matter what part of the world you're in. So we're just making sure that all of this stuff is, uh, is tied in as best as possible. And as more features come out, we'll let you know how we get all this stuff. Michael Rundin says, Egberto, this, is, this felt backwards. Um, exactly two hours, Michael. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll talk after. Uh, let's see. Let's go to the other video on Velshi coming from Roland Martin. He has some very good advice for the Democratic Party. Check it out. While we are consumed with uh, Florida Representative Matt Gates and also Marjorie Taylor Greene, these two right-wing hacks that are out there taking up all the spotlight, the one thing Republicans are doing in the background is they're solidly taking away the rights of many to votes to give better access to their own, the votes that they think they, that's theirs. They are doing this methodically many times behind the scenes. But it's not only in the voting booth. It's in the acquisition of power through the judiciary. It is doing all, all the things that are necessary to hold on to power even as a minority party. And what do we do? Many times, the progressives and Democrats, many that is, uh, we are lenient. We are uh, almost not understanding that this is a battle occurring. As we look at the facade and not look behind the scenes, we are being cut by the threads behind the scenes as the facade continues to look good. The Republicans continue to hold on to a power, in an undemocratic power. You know who sees it well? Roland Martin. Roland Martin is out there admonishing Democrats, admonishing progressives. Go out there, boots on the ground, a, multi, a, 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 a battle that has to be fought on all fronts. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Democrats do have to understand, perhaps in your opinion, that policy wins are not going to be the answer here. No, it's, it's a multi-pronged approach. Look, the Republicans, look, Donald Trump, because they, they allowed Mitch McConnell to block 100 federal judges with Obama, they now con control many of these appeals courts. They control the Supreme Court 63, Supreme Court 5 to 4 vote. Uh, with a Shelby v. Holders already invalidated Section 4. Republicans do not want to reauthorize the Voting Rights Act. So the only way this gets done is if Democrats, and again, two Democrats. Let me real clear everybody who's paying attention. There are 48 Democrats who want to move right now, but two are stuck on stupid by saying, oh, no, we don't want to get rid of the filibuster because it's by, by bipartisanship. Fine, Joe Manchin. Show me the 10 votes, Joe Manchin, since you want to insist on bipartisanship. They are the block. So you must have a legal strategy, a policy strategy, then you must have boots on the ground, which means Senator Gary Peters of Michigan, somebody who I went to Michigan show there when he was about to lose, 
He needs to make sure that money's being put on the ground for the elections of next year, which means Democrats need to take the Senate seat in Pennsylvania, take the one in North Carolina, defeat Marco Rubio in Florida, de defeat Ron Johnson in Wisconsin. You pick up those four seats, now you invalidate uh, cinema uh, in Joe Manchin. Democrats better get out their lazy asses in D.C. and realize this is game on. The Republicans control 60-plus legislative bodies out of the 99 in the country on the state level. Allie, that's two-thirds. They control 31 Republican governorships. That means they can run the table. And so while Democrats are playing nice, they're focused on power. And so evil is in control. They are moving the agenda of Donald Trump. They saw what happened. They're angry with what happened in Georgia and Arizona. Arizona Latinos, Georgia black voters. But let me be real clear to white voters. They're targeting you as well, especially young voters. And so there has to be a complete effort here. And folks got to stop playing games. And I'm going to need President Joe Biden to be a hell of a lot more aggressive with his talk and his action, because if they if they are able to take control of the House next year, do you realize through gerrymandering alley in Florida alone, they could invalidate four to five Democratic districts. Now, look, I self-identified as a Democrat or Republican. I voted Democrat or Republican. But right now, with what these folks did with the January 6th commission and what took place, any Republican who stands with Donald Trump needs to be defeated on the federal, state, county, city level, school board level, because these folks want to run America because they are afraid of the browning of America. This is game on and folks better stop playing. And you can sit here and just keep, you know, you know, walking around like we're in the field of daisies. But no, this is real because they want to run all the policy and control the courts as well. And he hit the nail on the head. There's a lot happening. And right now, Democrats, it's not about Democrats playing nice. It's about Democrat not playing smart. And the truth of the matter is America is uh, currently with the policies that Democrats support. The polls are there. It is now time for them to see a party that is willing to stand up, stand up and support what they say they're all about and support the people they claim to represent. Else, why not subjugate yourself to the fascist power of the Republican Party. After all, at least they're going to get something done. Democrats better wake up. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. I mean, you know, Americans and but people in general gravitate to strength, gravitate to people that they think are accomplishing something for them. Sometimes it's not necessarily the best thing, but it is that when people are accomplishing something for them. Okay, uh, Michael Ronan said, Michael, yes, you're right. It's backwards. They should have to come up with 40. I agree. Uh, Tom C. says, great pep talk, truth to power, game on. Uh, I hope you recognize that the, uh, uh, diversity of tactics usually with a sustained effort is required to make real change. You hear me talk about that a lot, Michael, because I talk about how we were effective in defeating the, the, the AIDS virus. Uh, HIV, what we did is we came at it from several different directions so that every time it mutates, it mutates into its death. And that's why people that are taking the cocktail, you'll find that they are pretty much virus-free. Not completely virus-free, but the virus is in complete remission. 
Uh, John Carter says, this is their plan. Take over the states. Pass awful laws that now go to their radical judges who uphold those awful laws and everyone loses. And that is what we have to do, uh, Carter. We have to, we have to find a way. And, and somebody like yourself, um, Carter, you are within a demographic that has the power to, con- to convince a particular sect within the country of uh, 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 and you can, in other words, you can get around what what they're hearing from the Koch brothers and all that kind of stuff. To put it bluntly, because you fit the bill, uh, Michael Rodnan, uh, if you want bipartisanship, it's on you to get ten Republicans to vote in favor of the supermajority. Exactly, but the problem is that we don't understand what Manchin is. This Manchin is from West Virginia, and Manchin is playing from two sides, right? And you have to realize that Manchin's daughter is a is one of the biggest drug uh, CEOs out there. I think she's the one who runs the company who handles the EpiPen, the one that went from pennies to several hundred dollars for a shot, right? So, I mean, he's not going to do anything that's going to destroy the current economic system that I, I don't even, I shouldn't even say destroy, that will modify the current edu- uh, economic system that's going to bring down her profits, which needs to be done because, again, what they're doing is generational theft. Deborah John, Michael, the system isn't broken, it's designed that way. Deborah, what Deborah just said is actually very accurate. It was designed that way from the inception of the Constitution. Read, I, I, I will challenge every single person to read the entire Constitution, as I did, as many others have done. And you would really see that there's not much, uh, there's not much humanity per se. We, the people, brought humanity to the country. We, the people. And that's why we, the people, must govern. And we, the people, must elect a government that is really representative of we, the people. It's that simple. I'm running out of time, so let me play the last video real quickly, and then we'll take it on the other side. It has to do with um, this one. This one um, has to do with sustainable capitalism. As we know, that what we practice today is a form of wealth transfer from the poor and the middle class to a very few at the top. And there are some people who believe that we could modify this system in a form sort of called sustainable capitalism that actually works. I believe we have to completely change it to what's known as free enterprise with a very, very strong social safety net. And that ain't capitalism of any form, sort, or whatever. Capitalism needs to be just a tool, one tool within a vast economic system. Right now, we have capitalism as the economic system. I want capitalism as just one of many tools within our economic system. But let's take a look at the video and then we'll move on from there. Point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. One of the more quoted lines from the 1987 film Wall Street, the movie illustrated the excesses of that era. And the years since, the richest Americans have only grown even more richer.
But a new book is exploring how one firm emerged in contrast to that ethos with its commitment to so-called sustainable capitalism. Or as our next guest describes it, quote, the belief that no individual or firm can ultimately thrive unless the wider society thrives as well. Joining us now, best-selling author Zachary Carabella, his new book, Inside Money, Brown Brothers, Harriman, and the American Way of Power. And I'd like to, I'd like to, well, I'd like to know about them, but first I want to just ask about that concept. Why would only one firm understand that perhaps it's important for all to rise up? It's a great question. I'm so glad you showed the Michael Douglas, Gordon Gecko, you know, great moment where he epitomizes that Ivan Bosby, Michael Milken moment. And that really is the sea change in American capitalism. And other people have talked about this, but particularly when financial firms, the Morgan Stanleys and the Goldman Sachs, and of course, the ill-fated Lehman Brothers, all went public in the 70s, 80s and 90s. And that transformed kind of finance capitalism and then capitalism writ large from partnerships or closely held companies into shareholder capitalism, which meant you could bet other people's money. It meant that risks got put onto the public sector and gains were privatized. So if you lose a lot of money, you know, the Fed or the government can bail you out. If you make hundreds of millions or billions of dollars, you get the rewards other than whatever you pay in taxes. And that's a major change in capitalism, but it's a change. It means capitalism is not just that. It's what it's become, but it's not what it has to be. Tell us also just about the consolidation, uh, the consolidation of, of capital, the consolidation of power. You know, you go back and you read uh, history uh, books this about uh, is being recorded. titans uh, at the end of the 19th century. And uh, when they talk about their net worth, it's like $400 million, which, of course, is a lot of money. But we're talking about people worth $40 billion now. I mean, the, the numbers are staggering even even by the last Gilded Age's measurements. Right, and it's not just that. I mean, so in, in Brown Brothers, and I write this book about a firm that had a different ethos, right? An ethos of the public has to thrive for the private has to thrive. You can't beggar the commons endlessly. And even though this was like a wasp-closed white elite, in the 1950s when they're at their apex, the average differential between a worker and a CEO, and you guys have covered this for years, was about 30 to one. So they're elite, they're exclusive, they're rich. The average differential today is 300 plus to one. And the irony of a, so more, of a more democratic capitalism today, which we like to talk about a meritocratic democratic capitalism, and the more elite one then, is that the gap between the, you know, that huge wealth and the rest was far narrower. And I think it's because they, I mean, they may not have understood it consciously, but they understood intuitively that there is a relationship between the public and private. And you have to kind of serve that public good in order to serve your own private good. And that's the idea of sustainable uh, capitalism. We spend a lot. Absolutely so. Absolutely so. I, I just went ahead and put the telephone number on the line. Lived it. Says, Egberto, where is the call in number? And while he did that, he also was kind enough to provide us with a super chat. Lived it. Thank you so kindly for your super chat. I thought I just added it to let me make sure that I have it here. I just added your super chat to the screen for everybody to see. Lived it just provided us with a $5 super chat. Everybody else can decide to give us a join. Just go to politicsandright.com slash YouTube, politicsandright.com slash YouTube. Or you can also 
Go to politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon to become a patron. Your support is always welcome. Thank you very much, El Señor, uh, El Señor lived it for giving us, you know, I, here, here's the funny thing about it. I just, I just committed a very bad act. I just said, Señor lived it, right? How do I know it's a Señor lived it and not a Señora or Señorita lived it? You see how, uh, you see how society has really, really uh, made us, I mean, and I, I don't want to just drop it on society, but we shouldn't do things like that. Anyhow, whoever lived it is, thank you so kindly for your support. We just cannot do this without you. Anyhow, folks, uh, let we are getting close to the end of the show right now. We've got one minute. Again, please consider supporting us at politicsandright.com slash patron, politicsandright.com slash patron, or politicsandright.com slash PayPal, politicsandright.com slash PayPal. I hope you enjoyed the show. I know you could be anywhere else. It's Memorial Day. You could be out there having your barbecue and all that good stuff, but you are here with me. I thank you. I am honored. Uh, Salute to all you soldiers who keep us protected. Uh, Even though sometimes you are asked to do things that you shouldn't do, you go out there knowing that what you are doing is to ensure that we can keep Los Estados Unidos de América. Julie Van Astel, welcome aboard. One of those who gave their lives is my nephew. We honor your nephew, Julie Van Astel. We honor your nephew, Lucas, too. Welcome aboard as well. Let's see if there's any lived it. Welcome and thank you for your super chat. Uh, we cannot do this without you, folks. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.